0: Efficiency with NACFES Mike Roth and Friends. Here in Episode 54, we're joined by Sean Larkin. He's the Director of Sales and Business Development at Ampli Power, where we talk about charging management, why electricity rates change based on time of use and demand. We talk about charging as a service and how we move from the chicken or the egg discussion to the chicken and waffles discussion when it comes to electric vehicles. He also talks about the importance of bringing all stakeholders together to help scale vehicle electrification and the need to focus on service and maintenance of the chargers. Today we have joining us Sean Larkin. Sean's the Director of Sales and Business Development at Amply Power. It's a real pleasure having you on today, Sean. Um, Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. appreciate the invitation.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into some some stuff a little out of my wheelhouse, so I'm I'm looking forward to this. Um, and, you know, this podcast is entitled Freight Efficiency with NACFES, Mike Roth and friends. And, you know, people that listen to all of these get a little tired or sometimes they at least say... Uh, boy, you take the first five minutes trying to figure out how you two were friends, and but I'm not going to stop doing it. So, <laughs> so can you can you help? I mean, when did we meet? Uh, you know, or you know, how did NACFI and Ample um, sort of get together? Do you do you remember Sean?
1: I, well, I do. I, I consider us new friends who share an old passion for for freight and electrification. Um, but recently, it was we. I think we both shared back to back panels at TMC. Um, their annual meeting in Orlando. And so we had the opportunity to finally meet in person. But I think amply and, uh, and some of our, our peers that we've worked together for many years have known you and the, and the great work that NACV has done uh, for a number of years. So that was great to finally meet you in person.
0: Yeah, I knew about you, uh, the company. And then when Lexi came over, um, you know, I thought, boy, that's, that's a, that's a real a good, um, match. And so, um, you know, this, this space of, uh, freight and electrification, I mean, it's so exciting and, and so much is going on. And part of me wants to kind of slow down to go fast, but I'm not so sure that makes any sense. Maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get into that. But yeah, I remember, um, TMC was really exciting this year with a lot of electric truck work, and amply had a booth, and and others were were uh, so it, it was sort of like the the first time because TMC is service and maintenance people, so this is sort of the real trucking folks, and so I think electrification, if if it's uh, if it's part of TMC, then it's become part of moving freight. Did did it feel that way to you? It,
1: it did. One, it was it was just. Good to have everybody there. I think it was the you know after COVID and um, yeah, just a tremendous you know uh, bunch of people there and almost. There was a, a definitely a hunger in the crowd to learn about electrification. Uh, I think there was 10 different breakout sessions and panels strictly on that in different disciplines. And uh, we, I spoke on one with um, electrification and some of the pitfalls, and it was standing room only. They warned me it would be standing room only, yeah. and it was. And the questions varied from you know where do I start to fleets that have already deployed and are well into production. So it was, a, it was a great kind of uh, full spectrum of, of where people had knowledge and experience.
0: Yeah, and when you get out into these mainstream things, you know, there's also a group of people there who uh, are showing up. I think to to try to tell the boss why they shouldn't do electric trucks. You know, the real skeptics. Um, and I always find those interesting conversations. Did you, did you? I'm sure you had a few of those. I know I did.
1: Yeah, I. I, I try to tend to listen more and talk less. And, and I, I practiced this at the meeting. And so at that show, everyone that I, I came across and, and they asked about Amply, I said, asked them the same question. Like, what do you know about electrification or about fleet electrification specifically? And it was vast majority. I know very little. But I do know this, you know, and, and some of that might just be some misnomer or, you know, some information that was was in the past. But as they started to talk more and more, they found that they knew less and less, but were eager to know, you know, what it looks like. How do I position my my fleet? What is it? What's the next steps I need to take? But most of them that I, I spoke to and I asked that question, mass majority were like, I, I don't know enough.
0: Yeah, so that's a vote for it's going to happen and I better figure it out or at least, um, you know, <laughs> it's starting to come. So tell us about Ampli Power. I mean, the history, what you do, what markets you're in, um, and maybe, you know, kind of what's your, your plans for the future?
1: Yeah, Ampli was founded in uh, 2018. So we've been around for about four years. Believe it or not, we're, um, we're a little bit older in this space, electrification, since so it's, it's fairly new as an industry itself. And we started really on the foundation, how do we make this easy infrastructure pivot for fleets that are moving to electrification? And that was, we understood similar to what we've seen in other industries, that there's some barriers to this, there's a cost of barrier for, for capital expenditures in the infrastructure, there's a knowledge barrier, and then there's the operations and the maintenance and the efficiencies of these chargers. And when we looked at this, it seemed it, it, there's a lot of parallels to a couple different industries. And when it comes to efficiency, software is a key in that type of solution. And so we started to develop our, our Omega platform, which is really charge management software, to bring that, you know, multiple things. But number one, really to help lower that cost of energy. Um, there's 3,000... Uh, utilities across the country, each with different type of of tariffs and rates and traditional uh, diesel you pretty much know what that is on a fairly decent rate but electricity can fluctuate 100 200 sometimes 300% in a day. And so we identified that this is really important in order to maximize the lowest cost of energy through software and and deferred um, charging, and then also on the operation side to make sure that it seamlessly kind of works into their existing fleet of vehicles. And the maintenance and the uptime was really critical.
0: You know, people pontificate, I think NACV, we do it as well, that, you know, that electric cost is more stable than diesel. And that's probably true, like over months and years, but not minutes and hours, right? I mean, that's your point. And, and yeah. uh, is, that, is that right?
1: It is. Yeah. Then when you're looking at your electric rate or residential, there's usually two. But on commercial rates, you can it literally can fluctuate hour by hour. And when that when you're using that energy may not be the optimum time when you need to charge or when you come back to the depot or there's an opportunity in the field. So, yeah, it's a variable that's in the market.
0: And that's driven by that's driven by demand. So when there's high air conditioning loads late in the afternoon, when, you know, homes and offices and everything else is open. I mean, maybe this is a little, you know, utilities 101 here. But um, that's is that the main driver as to why those uh, rates change?
1: Correct. Yeah, you would really have uh, demand charges, which is that high peak where there's a lot of demand on the grid and the price goes, you know, up in, in those instances. And then there's time of use um, that can be combined with that as well, where those high usage areas um, also can have be in blocks of time versus just the immediate demand.
0: Tell us more about Ampli.
1: So AMPLY started in 2018 as a as a startup, and we saw a real demand in the marketplace, especially in fleet electrification for software to bring efficiency and lower cost of energy, as well as charging as a service to really help lower that that initial upfront cost that is so so incredibly high when you're looking at infrastructure. So that was the, the premise of our, our first solutions that we started with, and we looked at an industry like transit, which was a perfect example where the vehicles were coming. They have a high load of, uh, of electricity, and there's a, a need to bring that efficiency to that model in order to make sure that those buses are fueled or uh, batteries are full at every duty cycle.
0: It's a big deal because, um, you know, part of me wants to say, well, let's just get the truck and the charger in place and then we'll worry about this later. Well, I'm not sure that's possible. I think we got to, you know, and because there's opportunity, right? I mean, we saw and run on less electric, we'll get into it in a minute, but we saw that in some cases, the trucks were coming back to base, plugging in, they were fully charged in an hour and then they just sat around for eight, nine hours before they were used again. So, um, you know, part of what you're talking about is, is making good choices about when to charge, how fast to charge, how slow to charge. Um, you know, can we, can we charge multiple um, trucks on the same charger? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what's the labor implication of that versus, you know, can you, do you plug them all in and then it just knows which one to go charge? I mean, all that's so fascinating. I think, um, really important as we as we begin to scale.
1: Yeah, if you talk to a fleet manager, that's a very complex solution for that. Um, and that's where we saw that there the, there is a need to make this as simple as possible. I, I heard a phrase that, that was great this week. It used to be what came first, the infrastructure or the vehicles, like the chicken or the egg. And now it's really chicken and waffles. It comes at the exact same time you when you think about what vehicle you're going to be uh, purchasing, you have to start beginning to think about the infrastructure and coordinating the stakeholders that are going to make it a successful project.
0: Are you doing both um, passenger car um, sounds like you're into fleet electrification, but are you doing passenger car as well as medium and heavy trucks.
1: Yeah, our beachhead was in the transit space, um, and we've, we've quickly identified and moved through to the medium and heavy duty. Uh, and yes, light duty is definitely on our roadmap and many conversations and solutions that we're developing around that. The, the what's really driving a lot of this is really the deployment of vehicles. Uh, medium to heavy duty are just starting to really ramp up and become uh, to market with some tier one solutions. And the light duty in the fleet space are really going to be, we're going to see a tremendous amount of, of vehicles coming out from, from that type of sector as well. So it really depends on when those vehicles are arriving, when they're going to be able to be into use. Um, and right now we're seeing a lot in the transit, the medium duty and the light duty is coming quickly behind.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess I just dove into this a little quickly, uh, Sean, uh, tell us about yourself. I mean, how, how did you get to, you know, you personally, how'd you get to this and what what, um, um, you know, what drives you um, in this space?
1: Yeah, well, uh, originally I'm from Portland, Oregon. I was born in Seattle and I was raised in, in Portland. And I live in Boston now through, through uh, I did the reverse commute. Most people go East coast to West coast, but what brought me there is over 20 years experience in, in clean tech. And so when I was growing up in Oregon and be a little bit of a, a insight into me, we used to go into the mountains and we go hiking, there'd be these clear cuts. Of, of forests and, um, and it'd just be amazing. They're all over the place. And that kind of started a little bit of my passion around sustainability. And since then I was had the fortune to follow into a couple different industries such as um, distributive energy, battery storage, um, and then in the fleet space and electrification space for the last five years. So I, I love what I do. You can, uh, you can ask my wife. She tells me all the time that I've never seen anybody more passionate about you know, learning and diving into this. So and it's n- there's no shortage of learning in this industry, being humble and teachable on a daily basis because it changes so quickly.
0: Yeah, I do. I, I think you're right on the skill sets. I mean, I think about the people uh, and I think trucking, you know, I, uh, I asked a, 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 an interesting question this week of someone around, you know, can trucking pull this off? And, um, you know, their answer kind of surprised me. It wasn't a trucking, uh, you know, long term person that said it. And they go, no, you, you know, trucking knows how to get stuff done. You know how to, um, you know, do things and even big changes. I mean, it's, uh, they said the industry is too modest about the changes they do, um, which I found. Found really um, pretty pretty insightful. Um, I'd like to just kind of. I've been thinking about things to ask you, Sean, and I got a couple. Of, I got a couple on my mind, you know. And, yeah. and run on less electric. We went out and, and visited all uh, a bunch of early fleets, and one of the things um, that we kept hearing uh, were how much drivers like the electric trucks. Um, I was sort of taken aback and surprised when the operations people and the maintenance people that we talked to. Now these are. You know at each site these are at the depots or the warehouses or um, uh, manufacturing plants that that are housing these trucks um, they're excited about the trucks and um, you know i was trying to literally i was you know was going through my mind and asking them a lot of questions and, and i think what we found is you know this idea of evs being simpler and you know if you've got home charging i mean cars we talk about charging in the garage how simple it is right you pull in you charge i mean EV car owners talk about not going to the gas station. Is how great that is. So we're we're kind of coming up with this hypothesis that um, that fleets are want to fleets are wanting to go fast at each location rather than slow at a lot of locations. And so I I think that's a good thing because um, you know I, I think if they go fast at a location, then the utility, the infrastructure people, everybody's sort of confident in a fast game, you know, a fast project, rather than some slow one where they don't know if it's going to happen or not, um, that kind of thing. Do, you, do you, you agree with that? Or I mean, your early work, does that make sense to you?
1: It does. I, I often have the, the pleasure when we go out on our depots or we, we go to customers, I always like talking to the drivers. They're the ones that use the product day in and day out. I have yet to find, Mike, a driver that doesn't love the performance, the feel, and just the fact of it being a zero emission vehicle. So that's proven that the drivers love it. Less maintenance and, and new technology that people are getting you know, educated on is great as well. So I don't see when, when I'm out there that there is much of a resistance against you know, adoption of the vehicles. The, when we look at the infrastructure, that's where it comes a little bit different. You know, usually when they come up, they tra- the traditional diesel, they plug it in or they they fuel up and they they drop it off and they're good to go. And with electric, you know, what we like to say is plug it in and leave it and let amply take care of the rest. And that's where our our charge management really helps out with that. But I love it when I hear someone from a, you know a fleet manager that says, I don't know why we're not moving quicker on this. I want 20, I want 50, I want a hundred trucks. And that brings music to my ears because that means that there's proof points that, that we've, we've meet that, we've met that, um, that minimum requirement um, and use cases are out there. Uh, exactly what you just, uh, actually just produced for the step vans. Um, it's a perfect point. It's a great application for electrification.
0: Yeah. And I think the, uh, too often we, we think about something new in terms of uh, the baseline, here's where we are today, and then here's where we're going to be the new thing, and oftentimes forget there's a transition. So if you think about, you know, somebody buying, you know, 50% of their, or let's say 10% of their new trucks are electric each year, that's a 10-year turnover or longer and to operate both electric and diesel trucks and the technicians and the drivers, you got drivers saying, I oh, want in that truck or this truck or the other. I, I think what we're just seeing is, uh, one, they believe it's going to work, and two, let's just get on with it and, and make that transition really, re- transition really short. I think when we look back five, 10 years from now, uh, I'm pretty sure this is the way it's going to go.
1: Yeah, I see the early adopters might have five, and then there's going to be this, this you know really critical leap to whatever their mandate is, 50, 100. The vehicles yep. are there, the infrastructure is proven, and the early adopters already have use cases that say this works. So I think you're right. I think we're gonna see uh, some significant early movers go all in in the next 12 to 18 months, and the pilots are, are gonna be moving to production really quickly.
0: Yeah, I think utilities should pay attention to this because I think I think if that happens, then fleets are going to be serious about a whole quick project rather than, you know, we'll do some and then we'll think about it and make a decision to do more. And then we'll think about it, do a decision, do more. And then we'll think about it. Do, you know, I just don't think, I think that's a that's a recipe for problems. And I think that we're finding that it's very a- opportunistic to, to move forward in that way. And another one I was going to ask you about, and, and you know, we hear all the, all the time you know, get your get with your utility early, get with this group early, that group early and, you know, get the team in place. And Collaboration is so important. And um, I totally we totally believe in that. But but that's that's hard to get all the people around and get them committed and, and really move forward. So what, what are you seeing from a teaming standpoint with this infrastructure in particular um, where, you know, some of them are going really well and, and where others aren't? What's the what's the recipe for success there from a, a team um, standpoint. A lot of companies.
1: There is, and I'll I'll go back to the phrase I, I use often is that it, it takes a village. It takes all stakeholders from the the end user to the OM of the the vehicle itself to the utility to an integrator like Amply, to the dealerships to the the actual um, drivers themselves. It takes a lot of people to make a successful program, and. In, in having those stakeholder conversation early, I would say it would cut out the majority of headaches. So as they're thinking about when we're going to buy the vehicles, what is our roadmap? You're also instituting all those stakeholders in the same conversation. And we used to use a three X multiplier. So if you're looking at five stations, we want we suggest you build out for 15. And now it's almost a five x. If you're, you wow. know, if you're, if you're building five stations, plan for twenty five. And the utilities desperately want that information. They want to know where that load is coming in the next coming years, so they can make accommodations and they can make it providing to the
0: customers. Any uh, when things don't go, what what groups are typically missed that should be at the table a little earlier? Um, have, have you seen anything uh, there?
1: Interesting, you should say that. We, similar to you, we do a lot of work at the ports, um, which again is a great application for yard trucks one of the kind of stakeholders that we we found really needs to be at the table are the port authorities themselves hmm. um or an AHJ or air quality um management um there's some stakeholders that you can bring in and just see if there is a input or a value um, that they can be at those discussions but not having them there can have worse ramifications than just asking the question
0: yeah really good so um Uh, something else that is on my mind is that, um, you know, a lot of you are, uh, you know, bringing energy background, like you said earlier, and are learning freight and trucks, where a number of us, you know, we've been around our whole lives or it's been a career and we think we know it all. (laughs) What are, what are some things that, that you and the team there at Amply are learning about trucks and, And freight and uh, movements that that, um, you know, you you actually think we we're missing or those of us who are deep into it don't see the forest for the trees, anything that comes to mind that that you figured out here around maybe the electric side of moving freight that um, that you want us all to know.
1: Yeah, there's, we have some great learnings and, and we learn every day, as I, as I said, especially from fleet owners, managers, and operators. Um, they've been doing this a while and they do a fantastic job. And for us, energy is, is the key. I would say if there's one thing that we have learned an aha moment, it's, it's accountability. And accountability with the infrastructure itself. And we have maintenance and service contracts for the trucks but what we're finding is there really needs to be a focus on service and maintenance for the, for the infrastructure itself. And if you're investing in this, uh, this equipment for five, 10 years, um, you have to take care of it. You have to make sure that you have good warranties and good service and agreements and service level agreements to make sure that that equipment is operational and ready to go every single day. And that's one of the things we learned just by listening to, the freight industry and the customers and identifying that there's a real need in the marketplace for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, moving freight's all about uptime. Uh, I've learned that over and over and over again. And, you know, these are expensive assets. Uh, You know, we expect our goods to be there. Uh, You know, and it surprises me, actually. I mean, I I don't know why it surprises me. I'm in the middle of it. (laughs) But that, uh, you know, that you go to the store to buy, uh, you know, even a certain barbecue sauce for goodness' sake, Sean, and it's there, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or or this, you know, the right inseam and and, uh, and and waist is there for my jeans. I mean, so it, it it's there, so. Uh, but but that's there because of uh, of that dedication to uptime. I remember when we launched our, published our infrastructure, f- first infrastructure report, you know, we said there's three things. And one of them is make sure you don't forget service and maintenance of these infrastructure. And I think um, it is one to, to kind of miss sometimes and really important. Yeah, absolutely.
1: They, we There's lots of KPIs or different type of things we measure. Our number one measurement of success is uptime the number one commitment commitment that we have is that that equipment is going to be operational 99% of the debt time. And for fleet managers, their worst nightmare is that that truck or that van isn't charged when they're ready to go. And that's where that accountability really comes into play to make sure that equipment runs well.
0: What's a couple of uh, like key things that, um, and and it's kind of building on the last question, but what's what's a few key things that, uh, the industry needs to do around electrification to 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 go faster and for um for it to really be more successful deployments.
1: We, well, I think we covered it. It's it's really getting those stakeholders involved early. Utilities really a key key people to to have in the conversation. Um, I also think it's good to to have a well designed infrastructure that's going to be scalable. Like I said, if you're planning for five today, plan and build out for 25, you know, tomorrow. And and those are kind of two of the quick things that we, that if you had to take away something from this conversation, I would say those would be the, the top ones that I look at.
0: Yeah, very good, Sean. So, hey, thank you so much for joining us. It's been very interesting hearing from you. And and let's uh, let's hook up with the next truck show we're together on. Um, uh, thanks for being on.
1: That sounds great. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it.
0: Freight Efficiency with NACV's Mike Roth and Friends.